I think there's a bonding experience that happens on that expedition, maybe more so than the others, because Disney can't make it warm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before we dive into tonight's episode, we have a listener question on the voicemail line that we wanted to be sure to answer. And so for those of you not familiar, we do have a voicemail line where we take listener questions, comments, and feedback, and we play them on the air as long as it's family friendly and respond to them. So if you're interested in leaving us a question or a comment or some feedback, you can head over to our Google voice line 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. Don't worry if you call there, we aren't going to answer. You aren't going to have to talk to us directly. You can just leave us a voicemail and we will add it up front and one of our shows and respond. So with that, we had a listener question come in. So let's hear the question, then we'll give an answer. Hi, greetings from New Jersey. My name is uh, Karen Beluzzi, and I just had a question. I listened to your podcast, fairly new to the cruising world uh, with my family. I went on Norwegian Fjords, actually it was my first cruise ever back in 2018. I know it's kind of a weird first cruise. First time we were on a cruise and I kept my fingers crossed that everything went well and it went beyond well. I had experienced a significant loss in my family and it was really bad. And somebody said, you know, you should plan a trip or, you know, go. And I did. And it, I think it, it made me believe in life and hope again. So that was 2018. And then we were, we had a wonderful time and we planned a cruise and then COVID hit. Um, and we just went back on another cruise this summer. So my question is, with the dinner shows, uh, when we were on the Magic in Europe, the shows uh, were phenomenal in Rapunzel's Tavern and Animator's Palette. I had no idea that that was going to happen. I'm not even that much a Disney person. So it was just amazing to see our drawings come to life. And it was amazing. Let's just say that. But this summer, we went to Cosmo. We went to Castaway Key. And we were on the Disney Fantasy and there were no shows at all during dinner, which um, I was kind of surprised. I just assumed that there were shows all the time. So I just had a question. Um, I was thinking maybe it was COVID or, you know, maybe staffage, staffing shortages. But how do the shows work? Um, is there always a show? We had the earlier seating. So perhaps that's why, you know, I was in the animator's palette. And I was thinking they were going to give us the drawings and, you know, we would see them uh, be animated, but nothing happened. So anyway, that was my question about the shows. Um, I've only been cruising twice and it was always on Disney. So I don't know, um, you know, what is the situation, but I was a little disappointed and I didn't get to asking. I think that, or I did. And they said it was something with COVID. They don't do it with COVID. But I was just wondering because I think I was listening to the podcast and you guys were saying about the your experience, which was very different, um, a lot more uh, different itinerary than mine was. Yes. Yeah, so that was my question with the shows. Um, this past summer, we didn't have any shows, but I'd love if you could answer that question because we are thinking about another cruise for next summer. Thanks so much. Love the show. It's, it's wonderful. And have a wonderful day. Bye. 
Hey, Karen, thanks for calling in. Great question. Appreciate you leaving us a voicemail. Uh, Frankly, this one had us a little stumped, I'll say, because you should have gotten a show on the fantasy. Now, across the fleet, the number of shows in rotational dining and the types of shows vary. So on the Magic and the Wonder, for instance, in addition to Animator's Palette, you also get Tiana's Place and Rapunzel's. And obviously, the Rapunzel's and Tiana's restaurants both have kind of multiple shows depending on the length of your sailing. And some of them are more intricate than uh, others of those shows. And Tiana's Place, for instance, you might just get an evening of music with the trio band playing, but no appearance from Tiana. Whereas in Rapunzel's, you get characters in both, but the show is slightly different. Uh, Animator's Palette, too, varies across the fleet. Uh, so on the classic ships, uh, they had initially equipped those rooms just to kind of change color. And so the show was that uh, over the course of the evening, what was a black and white restaurant would turn to color and the waiters would have a costume costume change. So the shows do vary. Obviously, The Wish has restaurants with multiple shows as well with Worlds of Marvel and Arendelle. So you're going to get multiple shows on that ship. Now, the Dream of the Fantasy only have shows in Animator's Palette. And as I said, the Animator's Palette experience varies depending on which ship you are on. But typically, the Fantasy will support, I believe, both an Animation Magic and a Turtle Talk with Crush, depending on the length of your sailing. Uh, Similar for the Dream I wonder if what was going on was simply either COVID protocols, because I do know that if Animation Magic was the show slated for your sailing, there was a period of time when Disney was not doing the Animation Magic show because they had to hand out paper menus for you to draw on and things to draw with and then handle those on the waiter side of things. And so they just weren't doing that show during COVID. Uh, we did experience that show, however, over the summer. So I'm I'm not sure that that would be what was driving the lack of show. Uh, we did have shows and appearances canceled in rotational dining, however, due to COVID where crew members were sick. So if you were slated to get a turtle talk with Crush, it's possible that the entertainment crew member who is friends with Crush and would normally be a part of that show uh, was sick and so was unable to do the show. But you should get shows. It's not dependent upon when your seating is. They offer the shows, both seatings uh, for the restaurants and the rotation. So absolutely, if you book again, I would expect you to see some shows in the rotational dining. And depending on the ship you are, those shows may be different, but you should absolutely be getting shows during rotational dining. But thanks again for calling. Appreciate the question. And with that, on to our bonus show. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we're going to be talking expedition cruising tonight, right? Yeah, I'm super excited. I always have wanted to do one of these. We haven't gotten the chance to do one yet, but specifically doing an ABD expedition cruise, I think is the most attractive. We have talked to a few guests about some of the competitors because now Disney is moving more and more into expedition cruising. But of course, we have an awesome guest with us. As Brian mentioned, My Path Unwinding Travel, and we are bringing you the owner of My Path Unwinding Travel and travel advisor extraordinaire, Karen Shelton. Welcome to the show, Karen. Hello. So good to talk to you about Adventures by Disney expedition cruising. Yeah, there's been a lot of news this year from Adventures by Disney. That that crazy trip that they had. I can't even remember where all the around the world ABD. Around the world, yeah. Oh, now they've been right. yeah. The private jet around the world visiting all the Disney theme parks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They've been really expanding the offering and they've been pushing even deeper into expedition cruising. So this was the first year they did Antarctic and Galapagos cruising, right, Karen? 
Right. They've had a Galapagos itinerary before, but they've kind of repackaged it as this expedition cruise. And it is uh, on a separate cruise line from the others. It's a it's a different ship and experience from, you know, the ones that we'll be talking about in the Antarctica and the Adriatic. Um, now we have a total of four expedition cruise itineraries through Adventures by Disney. Yeah, and that that model is similar to the river cruising model, right? I mean, they they contract with AMA Waterways, and so you're not getting on, you know, a Disney Cruise Line Ocean Liner. You're getting on an AMA Waterways river cruise ship, and so similar kind of approach to what they're doing with these expedition cruises, if I if I understand correctly. That's exactly right. It is a full ship charter, so unlike some other expedition experiences where you might be a group put on with, you know, a different group or, you know, different kind of tours going on the same vessel. Adventures by Disney takes over the entire ship and creates the Adventures by Disney experience in conjunction with the team that operates the ship. So you have the expertise in the destination and in those waters of that cruise line, and then the kind of the entertainment, the security, the service of Disney. Yeah, And, you know, I know Disney has, well, they do they fully own National Geographic? Because National Geographic has their own expedition cruising as well. We do. So it's an interesting kind of partnership. You know, the Disney Corporation does own National Geographic and the vast majority of National Geographic itineraries now come under the Disney brand. And in fact, you know, count towards our Disney sales as a side note. So we now can sell National Geographic and there's a couple of National Geographic partnerships with Lindblad and with G Adventure specifically that are really a, more about branding and maybe some knowledge sharing and not fully run by National Geographic. So those are not Disney, but the, um, the majority of Nat Geo expeditions are now under the Disney family. Yeah, and my sense as between the two, just kind of glancing briefly here is the Nat Geo ones might be a little more rustic than what you'd experience on the Adventures by Disney side, or am I thinking about that wrong? I think they can be. They might be um, considered more adventurous, more rustic, depending on the itinerary. I think, you know, one of the key differences is that while Nat Geo may accept kids on some of their itineraries, they are really not focused on families or multi-generational travel. You know, they, they've been around a long time and they do a great job, but it's designed more for adults traveling. And I would say there's a focus more on nature, culture, and history, where Adventures by Disney definitely has, you know, that kind of family focus, that more cultural immersion and activity focus, I would say. Um, so it's a little bit just of a different vibe that you would experience. And so, you know, for instance, you know, you could go to Africa with uh, Adventures by Disney or Nat Geo. And, you know, Nat Geo has a lot more destinations in Africa. So it's just going to depend on where you want to go and who's traveling with you. Well, and so let's deep dive for a second on the Adventures by Disney expedition offering. And let's just step back and orient folks into, Karen, like describe for folks what the Adventure by Disney brand is. It's within the signature offerings of Disney, where Disney Cruise Line also sits, but it's a separate offering. And so you want to help folks understand what Adventures by Disney is? Absolutely. So 
Adventures by Disney is a complete standalone company within the Disney portfolio that offers guided vacations around the globe. They are now on every continent and they offer uh, vacations for families and adults that are designed to be immersive and to help experience the magic in the real world. So it is an exclusive luxury product for sure. It is um, depending on which itinerary and destination they can be mostly inclusive to, for example, on these expedition cruises, virtually all inclusive. So they are really, I think, the highest level of, you know, Disney's uh, portfolio in terms of, you know, how you can travel with Disney. Well, Karen, so ABD started offering, they started offering river cruises a while ago. So those have existed for a while, but this expedition cruising product is something new for them. Uh, maybe before we start talking about specifics of what they're offering, can we give a sense of what the, the key differences are kind of between going on an ocean cruise, which a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with, versus going on an expedition sailing? Sure. So the expedition sailings are going to be some more unique destinations that might be considered more adventurous, uh, so to speak. They are going to be on usually purpose-built vessels. So you can't just take any ship into Antarctica safely. So they have, uh, again, with their partnership with Ponant, for example, they have ships that they will take over in order to bring you into these more far-flung destinations. And as an expedition, they are more inclusive in that you are going to have your excursions included. On some days, you'll have multiple options. On some days, you'll have fewer options. But you know, most of the ship is going to be doing one of, let's say, two or three excursions um, in the morning or in the afternoon or for a full day. And what's great is that it's already included in your cruise fare. You know, there may be some more, um, you know, unique activities like, you know, going on a Zodiac in Antarctica to look at, you know, the wildlife or, or actually kayaking in Antarctica or, you know, going through the different islands in the Galapagos. So I think they're just kind of a more adventurous idea of a cruise. Yeah, and, and and smaller. I think you mentioned that smaller, typically far Absolutely. fewer people. So, you know, these ships <laughs> maybe have you know a couple hundred, two hundred fifty, I think, passengers, as opposed to you know thousands on board the large you know Disney ships. Right, and the amenities obviously are are different for our listeners who haven't uh, listened to some of our shows on smaller ship or expedition cruising. You are not going to have like large theater spaces and large kids club spaces and large spas. You may have some of these things in smaller form, but you're not going to have sort of the variety of activities on board because so much of those experiences is about being out in nature, being, you know, out um, hiking and doing different active things. Would you agree, Karen, that that's sort of typically what we're talking about with this kind of cruising? So definitely the emphasis, the focus on expedition cruises is about the destination, not the ship. You know, a lot of times on Disney Cruise Line, 
I say this, my family say this, is just put us on the ship. We don't care where it's going. We love being on the ship. We love being at sea days. We love everything about, you know, being on a Disney cruise and we're entertained on the ship. The expedition cruising, you'll be quite comfortable. These are not, you know, the rugged, low, low um, amenity kind of ship. These are, you know, definitely luxurious. But the emphasis, again, is on the destination and experiencing the nature, the the local, you know, the local towns, um, in some cases, the the, the wildlife, the, the awe of, you know, where you are in the world that, you know, places that many people have never, you know, never seen, never will see. So it's, it's a different, it's a different approach to traveling. Definitely more, probably for the more active cruiser than, than let's say the regular large ship cruiser. Any, any thoughts on what the demographic is, tar- or the target demographic of these ABD experiences specifically? Yeah, I definitely think that the target would be families with, you know, kids in the 10 and up to young adult range. So I've seen multi-generational families going with kind of, you know, parents and the young adults or parents and, you know, the teenagers. I would say you're going to see fewer uh, grandparents traveling on these, but some, we definitely have clients that are grandparents that are ready to go to Antarctica and experience it all or snorkel in Galapagos. And so, you know, it, it really just depends. Adventures by Disney is great at making everybody comfortable. On some things, there just might not be alternative options like they usually try to do because, you know, if you can't climb into a Zodiac, then you might be limited on what you can do, but you can still, you know, enjoy the scenery and being with family. But I think for the most part, it's going to be, you know, families with kids in that kind of older tween to young adult range. And, and I should say here just really quickly for our listeners, we've done a few shows now on various kinds of expedition cruising, including uh, some shows around expedition cruising with the cruise line that Disney uses for some of its these ABD adventures. And so uh, if you want to go back into our back catalog, uh, we did an episode way, uh, way long time ago, episode 23 with Dana Freeman, all about small ship cruising. And actually, if you go back to episode 82, we did a show with John from In the Loop Travel, who's been on a couple times about an Antarctic cruise he did on Penant, which is the cruise line that Disney uses for its Antarctic cruises. And episode 183 was also with John when he did an Antarctic cruise on Atlas. So you can do a sort of compare if you listen to both of those episodes. Yep. And then coming out in December, we're going to have an actual trip report from a friend of the show, Chris, about his Galapagos Islands cruise with Adventures by Disney. So you'll be able to hear what the feedback is like, which Karen leads me the question. We've had Expedition Cruising with Adventures by Disney for a little while now. What kind of have you had clients go on some of the Galapagos adventures? Because the Antarctic one hasn't happened yet for Disney. I think we were talking off here. No, the Antarctic one has happened actually. It's the Arctic has not. The feedback that I have gotten has been absolutely tremendous, life changing. You know, it is you know going through uh, the Drake Passage. You might remember talking to your other guests about that. You know, is something that some people people fear, but I think it's again, it's one of those things. Mickey won't won't let you down. You're gonna. <laughs> Great time. I think that, you know, they have done such a fantastic job. The guides have come back thrilled. So, um, you know, and they're working, but they, I think, are just, I don't know, they just seem so happy and and energized by, by the experience. 
So I think the feedback has been fantastic. And, you know, I have spent actually when the Antarctica expedition came out, I spent hours looking at it, comparing it to some of the other options that are out there. And, you know, there are are differences in many ways. And the product that ABD has put together really hits it on almost every count. And there's other cruise lines out there that actually have almost double the amount of passengers on board. And I think that makes a difference. You know, when you are in a place like Antarctica or the Galapagos, you don't want to be traveling with a huge group. You want that those smaller numbers. And some, you know, some don't have like, they only have twin beds or some only have buffets. So there's really differences. And I think Adventures by Disney has done such a great job in picking Ponant as their partner for these expedition cruises in Antarctica, Arctic Circle, and now the new Adriatic. I think one of the one of the things we should sort of highlight for our listeners is that, you know, Disney doesn't own these ships. They are partnering very wisely and they're choosing other luxury brands to partner with. And obviously we all question like, you know, will Disney get into this space completely on their own? You know, who knows? Probably not in the near future, but maybe in the sort of long-term future. Yeah, I don't see that they're going to build ships for themselves because this is just the best of both worlds, right? They can have some select departures. They can uh, restrict supply as they've done with the Adriatic. And, you know, maybe we can get into talking about that. I mean, the Adriatic uh, expedition cruises went on sale on Monday. Today is Wednesday, and I believe that they are all sold out. One date was already sold out earlier today. All the suites were sold out even before today. The, the suites sold out first. And, you know, this is not a, a vacation for the faint of budget. It's two years away. It's non-refundable deposits. And people are, you know, clamoring because it is, you know, such a beautiful itinerary to go to Croatia and to sail on this gorgeous ship in the summertime. And there's only two dates that they were doing it in 2024. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, went in a, in a flash because, you know, again, not a lot of staterooms and, you know, folks are looking for new destinations to travel with Disney and with Adventures by Disney. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action to thank our amazing show sponsor over at My Path Unwinding Travel. We have really come to love all of the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel who you've heard on this show. So many of their agents have been on the show sharing their great experiences with concierge sailing, adventures by Disney, and just unique sailings across the Disney portfolio. And so have really come to rely on their expertise as we think about our own vacations, questions we've had about sailing concierge for the first time, questions about unique itineraries, and they are just so knowledgeable, so friendly, so giving of their time. My Path and Winning has some fabulous Facebook groups out there that you can join around concierge sailing, the Disney Wish, the Disney Treasure, just all kinds of great groups where they answer questions from people who haven't even booked vacations with them. So love, love, love the great experience, expertise, friendliness of My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you are thinking about booking your next Disney Cruise Line vacation, maybe been thinking about taking the leap and upgrading to concierge or have been eyeing some special adventures by Disney trip or really just want to benefit from the knowledge and expertise that a great travel expert can provide, highly recommend heading over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. And with that, back to our episode. 
And the way that they did the booking, it's similar to how they do it for Disney Cruise Line, right? It's like they have people who have sailed with them before get their first crack. Is that that how it works? Yes. So in this case, they split it up. The first day was adventure insiders who have completed four or more adventures. Wow. So they got to book on Monday. Tuesday was anybody that had done a prior adventure, one or more. And then today were um, some other categories like DVC and uh, Disney Cruise Line Castaway Club members. And then tomorrow will be the general public, but it might be too late. Um, There are holds. They do allow holds, but they will not assign a stateroom on these expedition cruises without your deposit. And so most people go ahead and deposit straight away. So it's possible that some people would cancel within the 14-day, you know, no penalty period and open some rooms up. But I think these are mostly going to be sold out. I think there's now there's still going to be space for 2024 on the others. It was the Adriatic that sold out quickly. The others, you know, still have some space, even maybe some for 2023 here and there. So, you know, all hope is not lost to experience an expedition cruise with Disney. It's just these this, you know, hot off the press, you know, the shiny nickel. <laughs> well, and I think what we've seen, I think what we've seen across the Disney portfolio is as they expand, they don't tend to revert unless it isn't just not working. Right. I mean, if this if these things were a flop and they didn't sell or or they happen and they get terrible feedback, then they might uh, shift gears a little bit. But these things are sold out and they go, well, they'll be back. That would be my guess. Absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people question, can they actually sell at these price points? But sure enough, they are quickly. And, you know, again, it's the, it's the sweets that were selling out first. So there is definitely a demand. I mean, these and these are the kinds of things. There's still a lot of pent up travel demand because people have not been able to travel for so long, and so now people are re- willing to splurge. They're like, "We've stayed home for three years. <laughs> we're we're ready to go someplace new and exciting." And you know, as we've said, I mean, traveling with Disney is is feel safe to a lot of people. Um, they know that Disney will, you know, be fair and take care of them. And um, by the way, a question that has come up right now, the published guidance is that there are no COVID restrictions for these expedition cruises. Well, I mean, anything can change, right? They're like, a, they're they're almost, they're two years away. Who knows? But, but Disney was so fair and reasonable with how they handled, you know, their, their guests that, you know, were impacted by COVID one way or the other. And, you know, I fully expect that they would continue to do that. Well, I'm curious, Karen, what do we know about the Adriatic cruise? Those are the newest ones. We know a little bit about Penant Cruise Line because we've had some folks on before, but like, what do we know about the Penant as a partner, their ships and some of these destinations that they're going to? They're, they're ones that we're not very familiar with. So, you know, the Penant is a French cruise line and it very much has French service. And I think with Adventures by Disney, they will put forth the, the uh, kind of American sensibilities more front and center than they might normally if you were sailing with Ponant. So that might be an interesting contrast to hear folks who have sailed with Ponant directly because the feedback that I have is that, you know, definitely is French. <laughs> so, and, and the crew will conti- will be French. It's, you know, the Ponant, Ponant will provide the crew at all aspects of the service on board, except for the adventure guides. So there'll be up to eight adventure guides with a sold out sailing. I fully expect there'll be eight adventure guides that travel with you on board. And, you know, they are a combination of American and somebody that knows this destination. So, you know, if we're talking about the Adriatic, we may have folks from that region 
to share stories and to tell what life is like there and to help, you know, facilitate. And also, you know, the adventure guides on board, they kind of, you know, create the relationships, they create the entertainment and all the handle all the logistics to make everything smooth, you know, from, uh, point to point throughout the whole whole cruise. And and this um, adventure starts in Venice. So, you know, Venice is definitely a, a, a big destination. It's nice that it's a smaller ship. So that feels a little less impactful to, you know, to the city of Venice that it's, that it's a small ship. I don't know that it has said exactly where it's going to port because, you know, there's some different uh, locations that the ships can port now to be more respectful of some of the you know, local environment there in Venice. But it's definitely a destination that Disney has a lot of experience with between uh, their Disney Cruise Line itineraries and their Adventures by Disney Italy, which is one of their most popular Adventures by Disney, you know, vacations that ends in Venice. And I mean, everyone wants to go to Venice at some point in their life if you haven't been, right? It is it is one of those sort of iconic European cities that that people want to to go see. So very smart to have a to have that as your your ending point because people will probably they're more likely to have people tack on one of those uh other abds right what do they call them short escapes short escapes and they have not yet announced if there will be a short escape in conjunction with this but i can see and speculate that a venice short escape would be a perfect addition Because they already know what they're doing in Venice. They have all the contacts. So I would I would think that it's possible just as they have added a Buenos Aires short escape on the uh, Antarctic cruise, for example, that they, you know, may at some point include a Venice short escape on this. Well, and for for Disney Cruise Line Ocean fans, I'm looking at the itinerary for this Adriatic sailing. And on on day two, I probably noted elsewhere, but I'm looking at day two and it says that they will have not only themed karaoke, Sam, which uh, I know you're going to be dying to do, but they're going to be doing some Disney trivia and game nights and some Disney movies on board. So you can still get your Disney fix uh, while you're sailing through the Adriatic. Right. The ship won't be decorated, though, with Mickey. That's I think one thing we should just sort of tell people from the get go, like, yeah, there's you don't expect there to be Mickey and Minnie walking around the ship. That will not happen. And the spaces, while I'm sure they will be beautiful spaces because Penant has beautiful ships, but they will not be Disney IP because Disney only uses these ships for a handful of cruises. So these ships are used by Penant for their regular cruises the rest of the year. One of the things that you might see and you'll probably see when you all take your river cruise is that, you know, there might be a floor mat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that rolled out that says Adventures by Disney. Or you might see a Mickey Mouse shaped, you know, sandwich. <laughs> um, you know, little really, really subtle touches. But then again, like like you pointed out, you know, the Disney trivia and Disney movies and then some little Disney surprises along the way will be, I'm sure, included. Um, again, you know, they know their audience. Most of the guests will be experienced with Disney through Disney Cruise Line. That is kind of the natural progression of folks that experience adventures by Disney is that they are Disney cruisers and are looking for something new. 
But there are a small amount of guests that sail on these expedition cruises or the river cruises or do the land adventures that are not Disney fans that come because of the family-friendly itineraries and the quality, but are otherwise not into Disney. So it's... That's interesting. I would say it's about 10 to 15% of of guests that come in separately. Now, one one question about that, sort of another demographic question. I'm imagining these are like overwhelmingly American. Actually, that is, um, I would say yes, majority, but I have been on adventures with um, folks from Asia and folks from Europe. So really, you know, it may, it may vary. Um, something like this um, in the Adriatic may attract a different audience. Now, again, because of how only those with, you know, four or more adventures could book on Monday and it sold out so quickly, I don't, I don't know what the mix will be on these first initial, you know, departures. But over time, and you'll see on the river cruise, it might be more of a mix than you expect. I'm curious, Karen, about I think one question people might have, you know, Disney's cruise line ships are set up to accommodate families of, in some cases, even five. I know when we booked our river cruise, three was about the max we could get in one stateroom. On some of these expedition cruises, do you have a sense of, you know, what can the staterooms accommodate? So when you're looking at the pricing here, you know, how many staterooms do you end up having to get? Right. So it's going to depend, but most of the time families of four will need two staterooms. And then they have, you know, some limited numbers of connecting, connecting staterooms. And, and that's what, it, so our friends, our, our friends, Chris and Sam, who went on the Galapagos, as Brian mentioned, will have an, their episode out coming soon. Uh, they had two rooms because they were four people and they said their rooms were, the rooms on the ship that they were on, they said the max was two in the, in each room. So that's one right. thing. And they, they do have suites that hold up to four, um, but really they are two, kind of like two connecting rooms for the most part. They just call them suites, but um, they're almost like two two rooms that open uh, open up into one. They have a limited number of triples and that actually is a lower category of room. On these um, itineraries, they tend to reserve those rooms for the adventure guides. So it's oftentimes they just have a, a very small amount of them that are bookable for the public. And, and I don't know that we talked about it, Karen, but what, you know, aside from Venice, have you, have you visited or gotten feedback on any of the other ports? I've heard fabulous things about Dubrovnik, for instance, but I, I don't know what you've heard about any of the ports they might be stopping at. So, I mean, Croatia has just been such a popular destination. You know, we've had a lot of folks that are interested in doing kind of like a small yacht experience in Croatia. There are a lot of companies that we work with where you can either join in on a yacht or charter an entire yacht <laughs> um, that and maybe have between depending on the size there's you know and the amenities like between 10 you know maybe 10 to 20 rooms tops those are really great itineraries because a lot of times you are in port at night and then so it's in the evening where you kind of explore the town and eat at restaurants and then in the day you're on the water 
and kind of swimming and island hopping and doing water sports. So this this is a little bit of a different itinerary that I'm still trying to understand. I did confirm that there's no swimming off the ship as there might be on some of the smaller vessels that people often you know travel with in Croatia. But definitely the itinerary gives you a lot of opportunities on their excursions to, to swim and kayak and go see waterfalls and, and beaches and all those great things. And then, yeah, and then you have these great cities like Dubrovnik and, you know, these ancient, beautiful, you know, beautiful towns that are so intimate to navigate. Well, and it looks like they, to your point early on in the show, Karen, it looks like, you know, basically you get to choose an activity each day. They've got like, it's not like Disney Cruise Line where there's kind of a full menu of various short ex- short excursions. There's option A, option B, option C. I'm sure that there's a, maybe a few others or a few less, depending on where you are. Like one of these just has two options, but you're picking kind of your adventure for the day and that's what you're going to be doing. Uh, so kind of like a river cruise where the port itself is the destination, not necessarily the, the ship. Absolutely. And again, these excursions are all included, which is wonderful. And they are, you know, in-depth excursions where some other cruise lines include excursions, but they're just like a walking tour or a bus tour. And then you have to pay extra for everything else. You know, if you wanted to do something more unique, these, all of the options are included. And you'll see if you go through the itinerary, sometimes, you know, the morning and afternoon options mirror each other. So you could do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Sometimes they're, they're just different and, you know, you can't do it all. So you'll come back and do the cruise again if you miss <laughs> out. And then a lot of times, you know, some folks might just say, you know, on your own exploration is one of the options. You know, you don't need to do the excursion. You can, because, you know, of these destinations, you can walk off the ship and be in the town and, and explore on your own or do something, something, you know, away from the group. And that's completely okay. What have you heard from folks about the Antarctic cruises? Have you had anyone take one of those and have they given you any feedback? Right. So yeah, as I said earlier, they are um, just come back invigorated from that experience. They are so unique. They're in awe of, you know, the absolute beauty, the wildlife that they see, the way that it's all orchestrated and organized, um, the adventure guides. I think there's a bonding experience that happens on that um, an expedition, maybe more so than the others, <laughs> because Disney can't make it warm. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> Disney can't make the, you know, the seas smooth throughout, you know, although you're on, you know, a comfortable ship, you know, but they can provide parkas that you order in advance that, you know, are included that you get to take home. And they will make sure that everything is safe above all, of course. And, and comfortable and, you know, just so immersive. And I think everybody that's come back has just been, you know, like I said, in awe. And, you know, it's like, it's a true bucket list. I think Antarctica is really the bucket list. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely want to go on all of these at some point. <laughs> but but yeah, maybe Iceland is, is high up on the list right for me right now in terms of uh, ocean cruising, but I would love to see the Arctic or the Antarctic. One or the other. I want to see, I want to see one. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get those patches probably because I'm where I know that the seas are, are, are rougher. This is not like sailing in the Caribbean. 
from everything that we've heard. Uh, obviously, we haven't done these ourselves yet. So um, I do think that that word of caution that these kinds of cruises, not all of them, but um, at least the the Antarctic one and the Galapagos one, you can hit some really rough seas. I don't know if Arctic and Adriatic are, are similar in that way. Adriatic but. should not be. It should definitely be, you know, more pleasant. Um, you're not quite on those, you know, open open waters to that same extent. And it, it, I mean, it seems to me it'd be more of a, just a really beautiful itinerary and, and more comfortable in that way. But I think the, the, the challenge, you know, definitely has a huge payoff. You know, we've got ABD by air now with the jet adventure. We've got ABD by land. We've got ABD by sea and by river. So who knows? Maybe next will be ABD by train. There's those luxury train excursions out there as well. Oh, yeah. So ABD there, yeah. and the Orient Express might yeah. be the ship. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking the exact same thing in Asia because they've got so much high speed rail in Asia. That would be the way. Oh, to but do you it. want the slow speed the the cars that they've converted into luxurious penthouses that just rumble you along from place to place. <laughs> or, or wouldn't it be tremendous to see the ABD and the new Four Seasons yacht that's going to come out? in a couple years. (laughs) That would be ultra lux, right? Yeah. I mean, I do find it interesting on the ABD site that they have trip types and one of them is their private jet adventures. And it's not, it's plural, even though they only have one now. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're clearly, I think they're clearly going to keep pushing forward here. So, well, Karen, as our fabulous show sponsor, the owner of My Path Unwinding Travel, let folks know how they can book a fabulous Adventures by Disney with you or a Disney Cruise Line vacation sailing concierge if Adventures by Disney isn't their cup of tea. But how can they find you and book with you? The easiest way is to email us at dclduo at mypathunwinding.com. That way we'll know that uh, you're we're all connected in this great circle of of Disney. Um, you can find us on Facebook on My Path Unwinding uh, Travel. Uh, we have all of our great Facebook groups. Uh, there is a link on the DCL Duo website that'll take you right to a page to request more information from us. Um, mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo will get you to us. So there's all kinds of ways. It's easy to, to find me or one of my um, many um, teammates that you have heard from on the podcast and out there in social media. Yeah. And I got to put a special plug in for the Facebook groups because they are fabulous. And uh, I find myself relying on them quite a bit to see questions and uh, get more information about some of the experiences we're going to have and find them to be a very friendly space as compared to perhaps some of the other Disney Cruise Line groups that I've I've been a part of. So. I appreciate that so much. I'm really, you know, proud of the community that we have developed in those groups with, you know, our our primary, you know, rules of not being judgmental about people splurging on vacations and to be kind or be quiet. And those are, you know, just the simple rules that end up creating just a really um, wonderful community. Absolutely. And and your team does such a great job. You and, and your team, I should say, do such a great job of answering people's questions, even when they haven't booked with you or with My Path Unwinding. So I we I really appreciate that. I think that people in those Facebook groups appreciate that. And I think, you know, more and more people understand the value of booking with a reputable travel advisor when they see those things happening in the group. Yeah, and Karen, I know that you, we were talking off air that you are in the whirlwind right now. And so we'll get you back to your regular life because uh, I know you're very busy. But thank you so much for taking time out to, uh, to talk to our audience about Adventures by Disney and all these great expedition cruises. Thanks so much to both of you. Have a great night. 
As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voicemail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. Really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.